welcome to Risking Failure. This is Mark Dobson in uh, in Rye, Victoria, Australia. And on the other side of the world is my great mate, Mick Dunn. And sitting opposite the table is my dad. Hi there, everyone. Star of the show. And uh, we brought dad in because Mick and dad have known each other for a long time, but we brought dad in because dad sometimes has a great... I'm auditioning for a co-host, actually, although I didn't really... <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. I'm looking for a new dad. This is, this is a major. I'm on board because I'm a, I'm the critique. Uh, yeah. So we've had some ripper conversations about the podcast and oh, with, through the years with dad, or for yeah, the last couple of years. And so I said, like, Dad, you just bloody come on and tell everybody what we think. And then dad would be like, Oh no, I'm just I'm saying to you. And I'm like, No, welcome to the public world. Well, welcome to the public world. But I'm going to start off with saying. Congratulations on your engagement, Mark. Oh, you <laughs> asshole! <laughs> I knew when we were coming in here. I knew he was gonna. That, you know, there was there was not gonna. I wasn't gonna be able to control Dad at all. That Dad would just say, and I was like, all right, and. You know, people, I know I'm, I'm actually, although in front of people, like I feel quite private, so I was not telling anybody that. Yeah. Well, I figure you know no. the world should know. I you know been bloody waiting a long time for this. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, um, thank you, Dad. Thank you for the. Is that a congratulations? That was a gift. Yeah, it is. Yeah, thank it you. It is. You know, like, and I think that um, there's a lot of people out there that um, would be very excited for you. You know, I know that. Um, all your cousins and uncles over in, overseas, you know, very excited. Because I haven't actually even, I haven't posted on Facebook yet because I don't want to. But oh, you, you right. no, you've seen to have taken care of that now. Um, <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah. So, 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 when did it happen? <laughs> Mick, ask my dad a question about <laughs> memories and stuff about history. Well, Mark, looks like Mark's forgotten his memories already, you know. like No, I remember it. Fine, it's some things are private. <clears throat> All right, we're going to a commercial break, the first that Risky Father has ever taken. <laughs> we'll be back right after this three-day break. And I reckon B's pretty fantastic anyway, so um, hmm. even if Mark's private, <clears throat> I, I reckon she's great. That's awesome, thanks. I hope so. Mick, the uh, line broke up a little bit. What were you saying? <laughs> It did uh, break up. Though. Yeah, it did for a second. That's please, right. please all, bring up. Oh, good. But, uh, mate, it was pretty exciting news, though. Congratulations. It's really awesome to – can't wait to hear about all the next chapters. So, congratulations to mm. you. Yeah, great Thank news. you. So, I've, I've got a bit of inside information. Are you interested? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Is this the direction that this episode is going to take? <laughs> No, I'll be good now. No, you've been. Be it's, it's all right. It's fun. It's just like, all right. We can talk about that if, we're, if you're prepared to talk about your rash. <laughs> Are you talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. <laughs> My rash. Yeah, I'll show you. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I haven't got a rash. All right. So, so <clears throat> separate to look. Thank you. Yes, everybody. And if you haven't picked up, it, it I've engaged a broner. So that. And you know, I saw Kate this week, and Kate was like, um, "Oh, you don't, don't know Kate," but and she said, "Oh my god!" So you get to listen to that gorgeous voice every day. And I was like, "I didn't know she was talking about." She meant Brona's accent. 
It took me a while to. It took me a while. I was like, "Oh, what? Yeah." So, um, yeah. Okay, that's done. All right. Can we have a normal show now? I'll I'll tell you another funny story. (laughs) (laughs) It was. That's a a no. (laughs) As as you're as you're aware, um, Joanne's got the uh, practice, you know, chiropractic practice, and um, she's got. uh, Hang on, I'm not sure you can tell this story. And, and anyway, I'll tell it. Okay. It's all right. It's clean. Yeah. And, and Marie is the, um, is the receptionist at the front there. And she's always looking out for somebody for Joe. And anyway, one day in walks Mark. And she says to herself, this guy looks pretty sexy. <laughs> and uh, she, she, she'll be good for Mark. You know, he'll be good for Mark, uh, for Joanne, see? And so consequently, you know, because he's... Mark introduces himself and he says, I'm Mark. Hi. And she says, hi. And she looks at her um, register to see whether he's booked in or not. And she just looks at him. <coughs> and then, uh, <laughs> then Mark says, oh, I'm Mark. And she still doesn't register. <laughs> Joanne, Joanne comes out and says, oh, that's my brother. You know, so she, here she was, Marie, was actually trying to, you know. Set sort, me up sort, with Joe. <laughs> yeah. So it was really quite funny. She was very embarrassed after that. Yeah. I knew, Dad, do, do you think we'll cut that bit? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do with this. Maybe I won't tell anyone. No, no, no. It's all right. But it was just funny because Dad had said to us off air, he's like, oh, I don't know. I have to listen to the shows, what I say, how to be prepared. And then it appears that either you have been preparing. <laughs> no, no. It's just that blue. Yeah. That's why it's not, a, not very funny. That's why I take my hat off to you guys because – you get you, what this is your 50 odd you know show you've put it all together you know you've got a, a lot of people out there listening mm. and uh, and they're actually interested in the topics it's interesting the way that um, they want to communicate with you you know because often they want to communicate while you're in conversation mm. you, know, you two are communicating so what about such and such you know like I've been speaking to the uh, you know the microphone or the the, uh, the loudspeakers you know expecting to join in and you just ignore me. You know, and I think there's a lot of other people out yeah. there like that too. So I think you do a great job putting it together and uh, yeah, with the material and very few ums and ahs or silences or things like that. I think, you know, it's a credit to you. Well, thank you. Now, that's great. Dad, thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. That's the end of the show. Now, that, let's discuss that'll... some of the other feedback that you've had through the years. One of the ones is... <coughs> Dad just thinks that sometimes, Mick, we take too long to get to the point. <laughs> and I explained to him, it's a conversation. There is no point. We don't know where it's going to go. And he goes, yeah, I just, I still just think it takes you too long to get there. <laughs> so, um, Here we are 10 so, minutes in and we haven't even started talking about our topics of the day. <laughs> there you go. And Dad, welcome. This is what happens. So, okay, let's go. So, Dad, highlights. The, which shows have stood out that you listen to and you're like, oh, that clicked with you? Uh, my memory recall is difficult in that regard. You know, I'd have to go back and look at the list of things. Mm. I must admit, I did, um, you know, the, the marriage and relationships one that I find that um, I thought that was rather funny, you know, you talking about relationships. However, now that you're engaged, I suppose you've got more authority to be able to talk on that. So <laughs> See, that, right? because I wasn't engaged, I had no authority. Now I'm engaged, so there's authority, which, so. Because one of the things, I, I reckon that people at you know, when they get married, you know, like they've, you know, they're beaming at each other, I love you and all this sort of stuff. And and it's so sad, you know, when you hear that they've broken up, you know, four or five years down the mm, track, mm. you know, and you say, well, what's gone wrong? Mm. And uh, 
and I don't know that you guys have ever touched on that, you know, like... Um, the one thing, we've talked about it a ton, though, but it's kind of funny because sometimes I lose track of what we've talked about on on air and what we haven't. Not that we're selective on it necessarily, but sometimes we'll dig into something pretty intense and we're not actually recording. So, um, mm. And also we find it, Mick, we've talked about this before, it's quite difficult to talk about some things because you it's actually people can deduct if they're getting spoken about. Like, we don't want to talk about our friends. Pro- like, it's easy. And even if it's not about them, people can sometimes say they can take offense thinking that we were talking about them. It's because it's, it's our, our, our circle also listens. So... But I, I honestly, I'm generalizing. Yeah. yeah. But what do you, you uh, said something earlier, though, about not being that as a, a judgmental thing in terms of Mark, but do you actually... You sort of find yourself thinking that when you're seeing somebody that is not married talking about relationships, like, does that, for either of you guys, I guess, actually cause you to use that as a credibility thing? Like, if somebody's writing a book on relationships and they're not married, is that, is that a problem for you guys? Well, I suppose if you ask Catholic mm. priests, they wouldn't think so. Mm, that's true. They guide people through that. Yeah, they, they, they tend to say because they're distanced from it, they are in a better position to actually talk about it. Mm. But um, it does. It would, it would affect me. Like if you do, you suddenly go, mm. well, do you have the life that I want? Like it's like someone talking about money, but they haven't got money. That's a bit difficult. But then again, I think you can talk about, you can talk about wealth because wealth sort of like a, a sensation rather than a number. And the thing is, when we talk about relationships, I feel like, I feel like personally, I've got really good relationship skills, but they're not, they have it for a long time because I wasn't in a significant relationship. People are measuring it by that one relationship, not by how many other quality relationships you've got around you. Because relationship skill, everything's a relationship. Like you're always, like it's, 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 what are you looking at? Well, my dad's just staring at me here, not giving me anything. <laughs> this is my life. I've got to be. I've just got to be careful here, you know. Like, but yeah, because there is a lot of people listening, <laughs> and when we're sitting here, you can't tell. Yeah. Look, I've been what Trish and I have been married forty three years, you know, and uh, and I remember one guy when we were in England. That was back a long time ago. Came across a guy. And uh, I was working with him, and he said, uh, uh, yeah, you have to meet my wife. And I said, oh, yeah. Like, um, and he said, oh, it's my second wife. And I was kind of taken aback because he's a reasonably young guy. And uh, I said, how come? And he said, oh, how come you, you, you know, you, you're married again? And he said, oh, my first wife, you know, we, we knew each other so well. We, we knew what buttons to push to annoy each other. So consequently, we called it quits. And, uh, and I've always thought that... Um, you do get to know people very well, mm. but you also know what buttons not to push. Mm. You know, there are there are good things and there are bad things. You know, and so consequently, you try and dwell on. Like in my forty three years of marriage, we've tried to dwell on the good things. Mm. You know, uh, and and focus on the good things in life, and 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 put less focus on the the bad things because you know that you're going to have a dispute over that. Mm. And it's, does it really matter, mm. you know? If you're going up an escalator, now there's escalator etiquette. You know, some people go to the left-hand side in Australia. I don't know mm. what they do in America. Mm. Uh, 
And some you find that people will actually go, uh, yeah, stand on the left hand side, and then the people on the right hand side can actually move straight up. And and some people are just so silly, you know, they just stand on the right hand side, and therefore they block the traffic going mm. up. So therefore, um, if you're in peak traffic, that is that becomes an issue. Mm. But if you're not in peak traffic, mm. it it doesn't matter. Mm. You know, so therefore, any of these situations in marriage or anything like that, you know, you've got to weigh up. Does it really matter? Mm. And if it does, then you've got to say something about it, and that's not always easy. Mm. You know, you, you've got to kind of clarify the situation. Mm. If it doesn't matter, then you let it ride. Mm. When you said before, like, it's sad when you see people break up and you, no one ever talks about that. What don't people talk about? Well... I guess, I guess, I guess, um, from my point of view, I don't see that um, when I get to hear about it, it's it's all long gone. Mm. I don't know what people don't come to me and say, "Oh, we've broken up for such and such." You know, like I had, um, I had, I did have one experience many years ago, uh, and it had a good friend, and he stayed by his wife. She got sick. She was in bed for months, and uh, and he helped her out and all that sort of stuff. You know, like did that all the. Mm-hmm. All the, the shopping and the cooking and uh, washing and etc. Anyway, uh, after she got better, you know, she came over and saw Trish and she said to Trish, um, you know, like, uh, look, I, I knew you'd be pleased because I, I've just broken up with Tom and uh, I'm going out with another guy now. Well, Trish was absolutely aghast, you mm. know, and Trish actually said, that that's terrible. Mm. Tom did all this for you. And now that you're better and everything like that, mm. you leave him high and dry. Mm. And we've never seen that woman again because she thought we would actually be pleased for her. Mm. You know, now how do you, how do you work that out? That is tricky when, what Mick and I talk about another time is that you never know, because a personal uh, relationship is so private, you never know when it's in trouble and you only get told once people come to you, oh, so-and-so and I've broken up. And it'd be nice to know earlier but nobody wants to be seen in that, that space, not, right? So when it. we say no one talks about it, people don't. You, you find out later. And at that point, it's too late to make a contribution of any significance mm-hmm. or be supportive because... Yeah, it's, if it's, it's either too late or it's actually at, at a really sensitive point where trying to give advice is... It becomes almost dangerous. Like I've had a few situations like that with some friends that have split and you don't know the full details and you want to be able to sort of encourage them to go into counselling or work harder at it, but you don't want to be too forceful because you might, you know, cause one of them to fall in a heap because there's something you don't know about what's going on. Like it just, it's like walking on eggshells. And so you're trying to give space while also somehow give some gentle advice but you know you're in no position to have the information to make the advice in the first place it's see what's the decider if they should even continue together like someone talks to you and like i had a friend years ago that was just constantly in a bad way with her partner and i was originally friends with him and then i became better friends with her can't use names so there's one of those classic examples and um eventually i got to the point where i said i think you got to leave him but that took a long time because, you know, you're playing with emotional cattle stations here. You don't just say, you know, so, but I've measured it because I, it had gone on so long. The problem wasn't changing. It was the same problem was being revisited over and over. And 
I saw her needs getting met less and less and less and less and her just being awesome. And it, it came to a point where she was just trying to do the right thing. And I was mm. like, you, you, it's, what's your measure? Colin, well, well, do you think? <laughs> when- well, maybe it's just too late at that point. You know, and maybe, maybe it's like you don't get any training to be a parent and you don't get training to be married. Well, I suppose these days they do, mm. you know, like, uh, you know, like the way the relationships are. But I do think that maybe it's, the mere fact that if you could say if you could focus on the positive things in your life and try and keep them to the forefront, I know at different times you know like I'm always amazed at the things that my kids have taught me. You know, like uh, different times, I know Mark says, um, you know, you got to wake up every morning and you know look to enjoy yourself. And I'm going to work and I'm saying, am I going to enjoy myself today? You know, and I'm not sure. Mm. You know, like I I try and put a positive uh, spin on it, and I guess it's a matter of early in the piece, right through, you know, like when you get started, just you just get married and you say, well, I've got to understand the other person. They've got to understand me. You've got to have good communication from that early stage. And uh, and you you have actually spoken about the truths mm. and things like that, you know, mm. what, what, what's truth and what's mm. not truth. And, and you've got to try and retain that all along the line. And you'll get tempted. You know, mm. you get tempted with other women. You get mm. tempted with uh, other interests. Mm. You know, you're absorbed and things like that. But it's in in reality, it's um, you you got to come back to the point to. In football, they always come back to the basics. Mm. You know, you're not playing well. We've got to go back to the basics. Yeah, contested up, ball, like yeah. effort, and uh, you know the one percenters. Mm. You know, whereas and I think that in marriage it's a bit the same. You know, you've got to go back to the basics, and you say, well. Yeah, I do, I do love this person, and uh, yeah, that does annoy me, um, but it doesn't really matter. And I, I think it, it it's the same sort of thing with bringing up kids. You know, like I, I remember, um, well, there's different times in bringing up Mark and Joanne and Tanya, you know, where we have been quite firm in the things that we've actually uh, laid you know, the law down. But in other things, we've been quite slack because we didn't think it mattered. Mm. Um, because kids relay back to you very quickly. They reflect on you. you know, they, they show you um, like the, the errors in, the, in your way, mm. you know. So if you're not consistent in what you're doing, then they'll show you. And then often you try and bluff, because they're kids, you try and bluff your way past that. Well, if, if you're starting to bluff your kids, well, then mm. you're on the wrong track, mm. you know, because, so it's a, it's a time to pull up and, and try and go back to basics, mm. you know. It's, um, but <clears throat> yeah. I almost think, I've touched on this a few times in the history of the podcast too, but just marriage in general, like the institution of marriage puts a lot of pressure on a couple and, and it's interesting because in essence it's a human invention, and one could probably say that maybe biologically you could go back into the beginning of time and find reasons to suggest that um, men and women have come together and stayed together as one couple perhaps over their entire lives, like settled down together. But generally speaking, they're probably still part of a tribe, part of a village, part of a community that didn't put as much pressure on that one relationship to begin with. And then on top of that, like... In today's society, we we take the pressure and add to it by putting like this whole construction around it called marriage that um, 
I, I think puts actually a tremendous amount of pressure on a relationship that probably, you know, doesn't help because it creates this glass wall where it's, it's just so difficult. Like even when you just think about some couples that are not married, but they're just being together for life. But for some reason, you're just aware that they're not married and you just think there's something either wrong or there's a reason like there's something else going on or what i don't know you know mm. it's not they're not they're not committed to each other in some way yeah bit. and it's not that it's necessarily yeah. judgment it's just like you're just aware of it and it's not like mm. a, is there any more any more pressure on a married couple um than a de facto couple or a uh, you know like really well i think there I, is I, because I, 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 I think if a couple that's not married decide to split everybody just sort of says okay you know yeah fair enough we understand they're living together for a long time and they say oh listen you know it's not working they're like okay if you got married then they're like and and the what do you mean only difference like between those two things is just the <laughs> ceremony yeah that's it that's literally it um, no, no. What, what you what you're doing is that uh, in that ceremony you're committing yourself to that other person. Mm. Yeah, that's right. You know, like, and and I suppose you're saying that's the pressure. Well, but, uh, yeah, but at the same time, like that's a legal construct. And so, if you were to just remove all of that, I mean, I don't think we could kind of say that a de facto couple haven't committed themselves to each other because they may have their own ceremony, their own conversations. I mean, as we all know, you you commit to those things. As a couple, I mean, you do it publicly in front of a community to sort of signify it, but in reality, it's happened long before that, and it happens every day. So I, I like to think that somebody's... There is something, though, like, oh, there is something that happens once you've you've made that commitment to another person. You sort of soak into it, like, separate to even romantic relationships. I think back when I used to do long-distance kayaking, and it was a two... Um, there's two people in the boat. It kept on happening is that there was a, someone got sick and then they'd be moved out. And then, so you'd need a new dad's laughing because he doesn't think it relates, but that, no, uh, I, I was, I was the only one paddling. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> um, let, let's tell a story about that soon. But when we used to paddle, when we used to kayak and someone, somebody would move out of your boat, you'd end up with a new partner. And once it was settled, once you just go, eventually you'd be trying out all these people, what are the best combinations? And you go, yep, yeah, we're partners, we're, we're a team. And then, after that happened, you became – the commitment was done. Like, all right, that's that's done, so now let's get on to making this really well and working together, and it became an entity to itself. And it was a you against the other boats, but but there was this journey to partnership, and then you make that commitment. And I think that happens – like, I know I talked um, with James. Like, when James asked me to be in his wedding party, I just about fell off my chair. Actually, I was standing up, and I sat down because I couldn't believe it. But I, it was funny, until James had said, you want to be in my wedding party, I was like – I didn't realize we were such good friends. <laughs> like, he's one of my best... He's my best mate. Like, you know, like, I've got a lot of good friends. Mick, you're a really good friend. Daniel, you're a good friend. Poto, you're a good friend. There's a lot of... Damon, you're a good friend. Petey, you're a good... Ryan. There's a few best friends, right? Yeah, but... I didn't put you into that one. <laughs> no, no, I'll put myself into that. But but when he did that and he just said, you know, you're this important to me, suddenly I felt a completely new level of loyalty. So, I, I think that as much as the marriage can look like a... A pressure. I think there's opportunity born in it as well, but but then what happens though? I, I think the the opportunity to fail comes up with marriage. Like you, if you once you're married, if you choose to get out of it, that's seen as a failure. And you know, my friend I was talking about before that I had to say to her, like, I think you should get out of that relationship. And she'd been married for eleven years or more. 
and for me, I didn't see it as a, a failure. I saw it as being like good for you. You, you got you, you, you gave it. You gave it your best. Like at some point, you got to go. This is stupid. It's a growth part. But I, I think some people would probably disagree with us. They would just say, "No, you you stay married no matter what forever." See, I I, I wouldn't say that. Like there are obviously uh, situations. Uh, you know, like justifying it, you mm. know, like, and there's no way known that you can actually say that they're all going to work. Mm. But I do, we, we seem to be in a very throwaway society these days. Mm. You know, like um, one of the guys the other day, he said he took some rubbish down to the tip and um, this woman was throwing away these bikes, you know, push bikes. And, and he said, he said to the woman, he said, what are you throwing those away for? They, they look good. And he said, I oh, know my husband's gone and bought the kids some new ones. And you know, she's just throwing them away. Mm. As a, you know, the, the kids are getting bigger; they get bigger bikes, mm. and she's not doing anything with these other things. Where they're mm. perfectly okay, mm. you know. See, so so you feel like that <clears throat> happens in relationship too? Yeah, like, like I, I think that um, a lot of times that they they just they don't work at the the, uh, the growth. You yeah. know, like I, I think. So I've actually written four and a half thousand words on this recently on what I've had to learn about getting into a space of being in the relationship and all the things that I think I've had to go through because I was talking to Poto about it and he said, oh, geez, we should record this conversation. He said, can you jot down some of those things for me? Because we're just chat- chatting story, story, story. And I said, sure. And then so I went to jot down some points just so that he could recap them with his partner because I'd been talking about them. Four and a half thousand words later, there's this, I'll probably need to f- want to flush it out more. But one of the things that, I started to to talk about in journeying into a healthy relationship was letting go of what I thought a relationship was, which is a little bit what we're talking about, like the bright, shiny, new thing. And as soon as it's not bright, shiny, new, fun, and it's all these amazing chemistries and excitement, then you th- then you throw it out. Where letting go of what you think it's meant to be look, look, looking like and, and actually seeing it as something... I had, to invent, I had to understand what a long relationship looked like. It's a completely different model. And so I think what I'm hearing us talk about is someone gets in a relationship it's awesome it's shiny it's new it's got all the excitement and then it becomes ordinary like life gets sometimes and then it's like well maybe i don't want this anymore i want another new bike i want another new shiny exciting whatever and that's unsustainable because you do it again and it gets old again like it there's like a different dad's just looking at me like he doesn't understand do you understand no, i understand i like uh because i i find it uh i imagine hmm. you know that um yeah like uh you know, there's nothing like sex. You know, like if you go and, you know, the buzz you have, you know, when you first um, uh, meet a person, mm. and you're able to have the enjoyment of sex. Mm. It's fantastic, you know, and consequently, when you've been in a relationship and you become content with that person, mm. you know, you don't have that same sort of buzz. Mm. And some people say, well, I miss that buzz mm. and I'm going to go looking for it. Mm. You know, it's not in my relationship anymore. Mm. So, therefore, they go off and they, they come across somebody else and, oh, gee, I feel really good mm. there. They, they won't have any contentment, but they've certainly mm. got that, that mm. electric buzz mm. for someone else wants them for, mm. for, for, their, for mm. their body. And yet I find, like, um, you, know, you know, Trisha always says to me, uh, or, you know, I, I always said, oh, yeah, what's love anyway? But then I, if Trisha's not around, you know, or she's late back, you know, a couple mm. of hours late from somewhere and I'm missing her, then, or if I've upset her for some reason, mm. I certainly know what love is then. 
mm. because you don't like having that other person hurt. Mm. You know, and it's so they're just different. These are different feelings that I get. Mm. You know that um, I, I don't. I don't think I'm an island. I don't. I think there's other people around there similar. Mm. Um, but whether they talk about it or not, guys don't talk about a lot of these things. So mm. yeah, who knows? Yeah, we mentioned that too. The guys definitely don't share stuff on this until until it's pretty much beyond failure <laughs> like when it's it's all falling apart it seems to be that's when they really start to talk but um what i was going to say was how when you were referring earlier to this like throwaway sort of not society but you know just a reference to that reminded me of this episode we recorded recently on the subject of the gift of failure and and parents um role raising kids and um letting them experience failure essentially not doing things for them um but you know part of that i was thinking about in terms of relationship i mean i think that helps for people in general as they're being raised develop the mental toughness that it takes to be in a long-term relationship and work through the dynamics of what goes on but i also think what doesn't happen too much is you don't get to learn from the struggles of your own parents or your own extended family like i I just remember getting older and realizing that all these struggles that had been going on around me as i was sort of in my teenage years and i i just even wasn't even aware of them um you know just from things like you know uh, maybe um somebody a friend of the family or alicia somebody in the um, family or whatever that had um had a miscarriage or um you know not realizing that maybe uh, an aunt or an uncle had had a uh, gone through a rough patch or somebody just cheated on something like i just didn't know about any of these things so you get to a point where you just you your, your map of the world is that marriage is just this rosy thing because it get you get so sheltered from it and and then it you just sort of start to get exposed to the fact that it's a, it's a lot more difficult than that. Um, it depends on when you get into that relationship, you know, whether you're a school schoolboy, schoolgirl type relationship or whether you get into as a mature person. Like Trish and I, I was 27 when I got married. Um, you know, Trish was 24. You know, like some people, some of our friends were married, you know, a lot younger than that. Other people will be married a lot older than that. I've got no idea who he's talking about. <laughs> um, but I, I hear what you're saying, Mick, where you, yeah, like your kids won't know if you've, they will have no memory of you being stressed out of your head with work and coming home and sitting up late with Liz sorting something out. And they'll just remember coming out going, mommy, I need a drink. And you're, okay. And so you know it's one's fault, but then you enter up in a relationship and it's sort of happening and you're being exposed to a whole world you hadn't seen before. Unaware, because as a kid, you just, you can't comprehend the challenges. But do they need to know that stage? No, they don't. No, they don't. Um, for instance, I like what the lady that was in this interview on the Gift of Failure was talking about saying that there's just particular times where she'll just, they would share with their kids when they'd had a failure or something like, yeah, your dad was supposed to get a promotion and... He didn't get it, and someone else that he doesn't get along with in the office got it, and he feels really, you know, down about it. Like, that's the kind of stuff that, um, you know, on on the marriage front, you know, I'm not saying we should be necessarily. It's like, but it's not like that's a known um, 
experience that gets shared among our you know younger people and even our peers like like as we've been saying like people just don't talk about that stuff very much so even with our peers everybody naturally assumes everything's just going either fantastic or just chugging along like nobody there's there's no signal system to let anybody know that we need help you know that, you, that you're not coping. Mm. Sure. People don't like to admit that they're not coping. Mm. As a parent, mm. you know, you don't want to, uh, you don't see that you should be putting that stress on your kids. Um, and as a, uh, if you're not coping, it's uh, how do you actually manage it? You know, do you, you working it out with your wife? Or like Mark often says, he goes and talks to these gurus all over the place, mm. which is, you know, quite interesting. We've had discussions on that in the past and I, I think that's a, a sensible way of, trying to you know develop your experiences more it's it's really um uh, and i think as kids too you know like i know different times mark hasn't wanted to talk to me about different things purely because he didn't feel as though well i'm putting i'm mm. this is my terminology i was waiting to hear what he said i was like oh this is gonna be interesting <laughs> yeah because you know like mark he, he certainly can speak for himself, but I, like I would. We might need to go to another commercial break right now, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would. I would interpret it as though you know, he feels, no, I, I'm not. I'm not coping with that situation now, and mm. I just don't want to talk about it. So, consequently, you know, no questions. Mm. You know, we, we we let it go, and and, it, and it's fine. You know, you've got to have that sort of relationship, and you've got to respect each other. And I think that as and I, and I think with Mark and myself, uh, we've had our blues. But we've also tried to clarify what's been bothering us so that we don't do it again. Mm. And yeah. also, when, we, when we've had blues, if a dad and I, it's not okay for it to not get resolved. Like, we sort of see it out and resolve it. And, but it's like, I reckon it's a bit like, like, I never had a brother, but, you know, I see brothers all the time. They have a big punch up and they beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> and then they go... And go, hey, do you want to go play footy again? <laughs> it's done. And it's a, it's a, but I think on the thing about not wanting to talk about stuff, sometimes you, what you, who you go to is you go to who you feel like understands you the most. So on some topics, you, you just go, no, I don't feel like the people in this community understand me. And so you go somewhere that you do feel understood. So I don't feel like it's like people don't want to talk about their problems. I actually think most people do want to talk about their problems. They're looking for some answer. They're trying to get through it, but they don't know where it's necessarily safe. Or whether you get the achievement. Or whether what? Whether you actually achieve something by talking to them. Like if you if you had an issue and you mm. wanted, you'd say, I'll go to someone and talk about it mm. if you want to, one of your mates. You wouldn't mm. come necessarily to me because... Well, it depends what the topic would be. That's right. See, if, you, if, I, if I felt like you understood better than my mates, then I'd come to you in a heartbeat, depending on what the topic is. Like I'm not going to go to a nuclear physicist to learn how to bake a loaf of bread because it's just like... They're just those two things just don't match. I'm going to go find a baker, and so when you know, there's times when I've got a unique business problem, and straight away I'm on the phone to someone like Brad, who's just so innovative, and it moves in slow motion to him. Um, and if I want to learn about my body, you know, I'll go to James or Joe or someone like that. Um, and so you, I go to <laughs> for. Um, <clears throat> Barbecuing? <laughs> you need to borrow a trailer or something. See, <laughs> learning how to drilling a hole in my stomach accidentally, um, cutting off my thumb. You know, a couple of basic things that you really good at. <laughs> uh, 
We'll have to revisit yes. that story. Oh, yeah, I knew it would come around. I'd get, get a cheap one in. <laughs> and what about using using containers for you know, paint retaining, you know, putting paint into uh, containers that you probably shouldn't? What are you talking about? Well, you, you know, the other day you said uh, you're going to trouble with B. Did I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm my father's son. So, Dad, we're on a property here, which is three quarters of an acre, and it's and uh, Mum and Dad are leaving soon. But Dad's always burning stuff off because there's so many bloody trees, and it costs a fortune to go to the tip. And the other day, I was working on our property around the corner, and I was looking. I was like, I'm not bloody paying for all this stuff to go to the tip. I became my father, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to burn this off, but I'm going to get land to do it on. So I got, I saw this metal bin that you, we serve drinks out of, you know, put the ice and stuff in. I was like, it's the only thing that'll contain a fire. So I've got a fire burning this thing and B comes out of the backyard going, what? what? That's the drinks container. I was like, yeah, but there was nothing else around. What was I meant to do? <laughs> you know, I'm looking at everything. But I had no choice. I could have used a plastic one. <laughs> so I was quite proud of you, Mark. Yeah. I was like, oh, well. Uh, yeah. No. So um, one thing I, I uh, actually, my dad listens from time to time now as well, and he texted me and said he listened to the one. Um, I forget what episode it was, but at the end we talked about having a challenge to go see a movie in in the middle of the day on your own. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so he was like, "Yeah, there's no way I'd do something like that." And and I was like, "Well." And we actually forgot to even talk about it. It was just like in a text. That was all he happened. He happened to mention it in, in a text that he was saying to me. And I just thought, well, but that was sort of the point, right? Was to test out your <laughs> level of comfort. <laughs> I'm sure if he's listening, it's going to be laughing. But um, <laughs> that's very similar to my dad. Where he's like, well, you take too long to get to the point. I'm like, dad, that's the point where it's a discussion. Actually, I have noticed that we have varied all over the place. See, you, know, there you can see what it's yeah. like, right? It's yeah. like, because it is a fluid thing and every now and then there's a bit of gold and some of our listeners have to be pretty patient to get to something <laughs> that's any good. But they're generally pretty loyal and they go, oh, there'll be something good in here somewhere. <laughs> but go on, Mick, continue what you're saying. Well, I was just... I was just wondering whether you happened to stumble on that episode and what you thought of that whole thing. Like, uh, just, it feels like there's a little bit of a cultural difference between generations in that way where um, comfort level of just switching off at a time that you should be turned on. I'd have no trouble going to a movie by myself. Sorry, Mick, go for it. I was going to say not so much that, but like doing that and doing it at a time where you should normally be walking. Like, so we'd be talking about a Thursday afternoon at two o'clock when you'd normally be in the office doing meetings, you know, like, um, have you done that dad? Yeah, yeah. I, I have, but there's nothing been going on. Right. You know, like, and so the consequently it's just a, you're hanging around wasting your time right. and you say, oh, stuff it. So I've gone to a movie. Yeah. It's something I haven't done very often. Mm. Mm. And I think, yeah. Generally, I've been pretty busy at work, you know, yeah. but uh, but those times that arise. Yeah, you think it can be generational? Could be. Like I, that was one of the topics that I s- suggested to Mark. We talk about, you know, or you talk about, is a generation gap. And Mark just gave me a blank look, and I thought, oh, well, no. I, I wasn't. <laughs> well, the way we try to choose topics is we try to choose something that 
uh, is relevant to us and we think people are trying to navigate. Now, this is something you're trying to navigate. <laughs> I couldn't give a right to us. <laughs> but well, let's, let's talk about the generation gap. What, 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 tell us, baby boomer. Like, what's the, what's the gap that you see? You know, like, I, that's why I didn't even know, like, how do you, like, it, you can have the conversation. I'd have, to, I'd have to prepare for that, you see. See? Yeah, like, off the mm. cuff, I would find that difficult. I'd have to, uh, you know, kind of work mm. out what my ideas were relating to. Because really, we can't have that conversation. Mick and I can't really have that conversation because there's to be a certain level of ignorance because when we're in the same generation, really. So when you're in it, you can give us feedback. But see, the generation, you know, like, you, you can go to your... Well, see, you go and you talk to a lot of school kids, mm. you know, so therefore you're at a situation where, you know, like you, you'd be, what, you're middle-aged now, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> I'm youthful. <laughs> Dad's having so much fun. <laughs> and, and so consequently, like, you were doing that, you know, like when you're at late 20s, early 30s mm. sort of thing, you know, you're mm. going to talk to schools mm. and now you're, mm. you know, you're doing it as you're older and it's, and you, and you're very effective in, in what you mm. do, but you would actually see the way that kids are. Yeah. You know, why do the kids need so much ice? Mm. You know, like that's a big thing in Australia at the moment. Well, it's a hot day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the ice yeah, epidemic, see, it's an epidemic. That's right. And why? You know, like, um, and see, to me, there's, it's not just a generation between, um, you know, like uh, the 40s and 50-year-olds with the 70 and 80-year-old. Mm. It's also with the, mm. you know, the 16 and 17s with the, the 25s and the 35 sort of thing, you know. Because um, we look like, Mick, we look like running the Aspire programs again. Ryan's really pushing for that to happen. And uh, when I ran those, for listeners, it's a four-day camp for teenagers personal development camp and we used to have the rule if it wasn't the best four days of your life you could have your money back and we had about a thousand kids go through it progressively over we had we, we ran it for 15 years um and kids from all around the world but i'm looking at that now and what ron wants to do it again and he's pretty keen for me to be leading those because he knows the impact he wants he knows i can do that and i'm keenly aware that several years down the track it's it's like that athlete that comes back thinking they've got one more season in them. Or sometimes you see coaches, you look at someone like uh, James Hurd, for example, Paul Ruse, they, they they left the sport on a high and then they go back going, I've got one more crack at this. And the, the chances of it ending well are, are a long shot. Um, and you hope it does. You hope it works. Malcolm Blight did the same thing. Where yeah, but like you know, he, I mean, we're going to extend that to a whole new <clears throat> topic here. But th- then there's the whole thing of like, but w- w- what if you what if you have that same look? Like uh, that can be a detrimental viewpoint to have as well. You know, I mean, I'm not saying you have that viewpoint, but there's also the the guy that just does come back and does something amazing because they finally cracked the code. And yeah, like Mark Ocalupo, was is that how you pronounce his last name? The surfer. Like, oh, he came back and, like, unbelievable. And I think that can happen, Mick. And, I'm, but, and I actually think that I'm keenly aware of this and I'm adjusting. I think there's always be something you miss, but it is interesting be, to – I feel like I know it well, the whole – I know what I'm doing well enough to be able to go in there and go, all right, based on the different age bracket, this is what I feel I can continue, this is what needs to change. But there, there's going to be some mysteries in there because these – the generation it is 
fundamentally different. Like it, it mm. and, and now I'm standing out the front and I've got grey hair. I would love to go. I would love like because I've had a huge gap, right? I mean, it's probably been like 15 years since I, mean, I found it with you. So whatever that was, 15 years ago, it would just be fascinating to just step in and watch the program 15 years later, not so much in terms of the development of the content and all of that. I know that would be far more, you know, but just to see the difference in, in kids and see if there really is a difference. Um, yeah, that's a really good point because there are some principles that just aren't don't change that that people they want to feel nurtured they want to feel loved they want to feel accepted they want to feel trusted like they're and they want to be guided and they don't want to be told any bullshit you know you've got to give them something that legitimately helps and like you said that for dad if you're bluffing a kid they they know and they can pick up on that the things that change is you know like i see a lot of people starting still doing programs for kids and they think they've got to be we need to build an app we need to build a fancy web page all that kind of stuff you still fundamentally don't need the people doing that for just they're, they're introducing bling for the sake of bling. Yeah, totally. And I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we don't need you don't need those things. Like, still, a conversation is just as fulfilling in a modern era. Yes, as it was if not, thousands if of years ago. If not, it's even more. Like with this new company we've been forming, I was just saying that some of my partners, like they were talking about like email campaigns and blah blah blah. I was like, well, yeah, that's great. It was like, when was the last time you wrote a handwritten letter? to somebody to say they might be interested in this thing like and put it in a handwritten envelope and post it like it takes time if you do that once every day instead of writing an email to a thousand people that don't give a shit that one letter is like you know it's going to get read so you've got that person's attention because you're the only one that's doing it you know like yeah I think Max probably got a different uh, story but I, I just when I turned 70, you know, the kids actually got in touch with everybody, you know, and said, Dad's turning 70, you know, uh, get in touch with him and uh, send him a card and all that sort of stuff. Well, I had a heap of cards from all over the place. Postcards primarily, Post, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, like the bars, mm. you know, one lot, they, they sent about, uh, it must have been about 10 or 15 photos, mm. you know, and each one was uh, of a different memory of something we'd actually done in the past. And it was fantastic, you know. Mm. And, uh, you know, in my slack mm. uh, way, I, I hadn't really said thanks to all of them. Mm. But, um, you know, like they were from, a, you know, there was uh, Sean McKeough and uh, lots of people that I mm. haven't seen for a long time. And it was really nice, you know, mm. getting that, that letter. But it, mm. I, I, I had to wait 70 years. <laughs> um, yeah, but there is something still romantic about that. Like I know when I send out things to clients, I still make sure we handwrite that, let the envelopes and things because people still love getting stuff in the mail. Like it's, um, but it's that, yeah, and that's always say like the, the conversation still lasts. And and if I if we run these programs again, there are some fundamental principles in human relationships that are really life giving, and. You know, the conversation Ryan was saying was asking me, it's like, well, what, what what content do we have to put in here for these kids to just thrive, to be alive? And I was like, it, it's not about the content. You can use just about any content. If the child feels like they're loved and they're safe and it's like an emotional Disneyland, they just feel like they can play and be and not be judged, it wouldn't matter what information it, you put there, they're going to soak up the positivity and have a, re- a, a reference point to how they can feel. And then they want to feel like that more and they start to believe in themselves it's much more so 
That's why. You, like, I think one of the reasons they had a great time was because you teach with humour. Hmm. You know, and, and 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 people respond to that. You know, like I, I remember seeing uh, Arthur, uh, John Tickell mm. when he's talking about smoking, mm. and uh, he he would get on the uh, on a whiteboard and he would start drawing the you know the uh, the stomach and things like that. And he had people in hysterics, mm. and he was actually quite uh, really getting stuck into uh, giving people a message that smoking is no good for you. Mm. But it was so humorous. The mm. people laughed and they mm. they loved uh, you know the session and I'm mm. sure you know it had an impact. You teach with uh, mm. with humour, um, and I, I think that's the thing. I think you do, Dom. Although you tend to teach with that, but also like under like you tend to relate in a way of helping people feel understood by the stories or the you know helping them understand see that you understand what what they're going through which i think can help somebody feel safe because they like this community gets me because they understand what i'm going through and i and you, you i think you're right the money in that way that it, it's like so important to have that safe community which is always like particularly when you're a teenager but it doesn't really stop you're always like on the defensive throughout life where you're trying to protect yourself from something and it's such a breath of fresh air which is what i believe a retreat is is just a group of people and a place to go where you can just let your guard down and just be and not have to worry about all of the stuff that you're posturing about in everyday life but you know teenagers don't get a lot of opportunity for that as they say come aside and rest a while Mark, I reckon you could do it. It's just, do you want to do it? Yeah, that's a conversation I'll have off air because there's a whole lot of permutations going on that are, that are still being thought through. But yeah, that, that's how I think about. Do I really want to do it again? Because my first instinct to Ryan was, I've done it. Someone else's turn. Mm. And he was so passionate. He's like, and I, and I kept on saying no. And then I've slept on it and I go, all right, it would need to happen like A, B and C. And, uh, and it's, it's completely plausible, the model we've come up with about how we do it. And... Um, and if people, we will need staff through 2016. So if you've got passion, I can't guarantee your spot, but if there's people listening that go, that's the sort of thing I need, I want to be part of, get in touch. Um, and also we'll be sponsoring, everybody will be sponsored to these programs. So Ryan's generating, he, he's got a couple of business ventures that are generating a lot of money and he's putting 100% of the profits to financing kids to go. So it'll just be a case of kids mm. applying. It's a, it's a really impactful model that will probably just run for two years initially and then make a decision if we're going to... Because um, if you're going to be doing that, you're going to get some difficult kids. Well, yeah, like Ryan thinks we won't get difficult kids, but we will. Because, mm. the, 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 yeah, yeah. Like it's, and that's fine Like because they need lots of love. It's just yeah. a matter of whether or not they're going to... You know. it, it just take more time. That's, yeah, that's it, all. Yeah, and, you know. and I've seen it before. I've seen some crazy yeah, yeah, stuff. And you've, you've had success at that. It just, as I say, it just takes mm. extra time. Mm. Well, Dad, you know, you're on air and you've been doing a great job. You're, you're a natural. You've stolen the show. Do you reckon that um, I'm invited back next time? Yeah, for sure. Maybe maybe I should go and talk to B and, you know, see what she wants to know. No. No, you don't need to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Tick that box, um, but but yes, you, yes, you can be on next time. I think that. Um, but before we go, maybe 
you've got last, what's your last, you know, wisdom? What do we need to know? Send us off. What's your, there's one thing. All, there's a lot of people listening. There's, and there's a lot of people listening. And they're, they're like, oh, you've got this chance to impact these people. Like listening. If I were to like what would- cut off a finger or something like that, like what would I do in a situation like that? Dad is actually. I'm taking a photo. Of, Dad is sitting here with a huge band aid around his finger because he nicked the the top off it off it with a saw the other day. He's got another another th- um, thumb that looks like a good toad. On you, good on you, Mick. Yeah, you picked that one you right said, up. What's it like to cut off Dad's laughing? Going, hey, he doesn't know that I've got another finger nearly gone. Oh my goodness. Um, well, I just remember the, hearing this story with dogo telling me about finding your finger on the kitchen floor or something like that oh that was another time yeah uh, <laughs> I'll tell that's why story. that's why mick gets into yeah you know, he, he starts talking about the, you know the time i was actually drilling a piece of wood and i had the drill uh, the timber on my stomach and i had the drill kind of coming into my stomach <laughs> and the wood slipped or something like that and and the drill actually went into my jumper and it's it twisted around the um, around the drill bit, you know, and it's and it's kind of tightening up the jumper and everything like that. And of course, Mark actually comes around and catches me like that, and I've never been able to live it down. He had a hole in his jumper and a hole in his t-shirt, but he didn't throw those things out. And occasionally, he'd be wearing that combo again, <laughs> and you'd see straight through his stomach. <laughs> I bet you that combo's still laying around. Um, but what were you going to say, Dad? Well, I was just going to say that um, it doesn't matter how old you are, you should be able to, you know, kind of uh, look forward to life. You know, like here, at, Trish and I are actually moving into a retirement village. And uh, one of the reasons we're moving in is because um, there'll be more company around um, to actually chat. We're on a one-acre block here, so to speak, and uh, they're all one-acre blocks, so you don't see a lot of people. So they're... The, we're very excited about going there and mixing with people with common interests. And uh, and so we, we see that, um, like from my point of view, I reckon it doesn't matter whether you're um, very young, uh, what age you are, you know, you, I'd always be encouraging people to uh, be positive and do something interesting, you know, kind of be bold and, mm. and uh, yeah, be bold, have a go, have a go. Yeah. You might not always succeed, but at least you can say, I've tried. Yeah. Like the hole in the stomach thing. Yeah. I know not to do that again, although I did get my finger twice. I will actually, I think the photo for this episode is going to be Dad and his finger. I'll, I'll uh, take a photo for <laughs> Dad's wrapped. That's what's going to be remembered. Well, well, the whole world knows I'm engaged now anyway, Dad, so that was a good show. Well, I'm really... I was quite prepared to actually talk about the whole show. I know you were. Because I've got... Yeah, I could... I know. I really could. <laughs> we we uh, might make that another show. All right. And one of the, yeah. I might just say, one of the reasons we call Brona uh, B... Is because I always say Barona, and I I can't say her name properly. It's as though I'm in grade two, trying to say her name. So, so, so consequently, I have to call her B. Yeah, Barona, Baronia. It's unbelievable. And then we say that dad is not that. Oh, whatever. So we're going to start calling. That's all right. We've heard Nick. You know, just. Puts me in his database as dickhead, so that's my name. You heard that? Is that right? uh, no, I hadn't heard so that. I get emails from Mick that he generates through his database, 
and it just says, hey, dickhead. And <laughs> he's put my name in as Dickhead Dobson. <laughs> so anytime I get a promotional thing from Mick, it's like, hey, dickhead, I couldn't bloody believe it. It was clever. It was really There's a lot of respect there. A lot of respect. Uh, um, nice talking to you, Mick. Good show, Mick. Hey, thanks for being on the show. It was uh, both of you, really. I mean, it's a public holiday there. It's it's uh, really, really good, nice of you to take the time to talk to everybody in the show today. Right? It's like grand final eve there. <laughs> well, like, as I said, you know, like... Uh, I always find that it's an interesting to wait. It's an interesting way to find out what my kids think. Listening to the show, yeah, yeah. Because you don't. We around the dinner table, we're not going to sit down and talk about these hypothetical mm. marriage breakups or uh, mm. things in life. You know, you mm. tend to be. How are you? What have you done? Where are you going? You know, that type of thing. So, these are quite serious topics, and uh, you know to express your views on these things is it's quite interesting mm. and then i'll say oh shit i should have talked mark, mark uh, more you know when i had a chance yep you should have no i'm oh, just teasing I, I, I have i have a dry sense of humor you said yeah, yeah no it's uh it's all good now dad's taught me how to back a trailer and uh oh, ma- you should you should see him i can't back a trailer now but he came up our driveway you know recently and our driveway is is curved, and and he came up one go, back the trailer right around. It almost did a three sixty degrees back to the trailer. I couldn't believe it. You know, I taught him to drive, and I can't do it now. It was a stunt car. It was like, it was awesome because it's up a bloody hill as well. Even I get out of the car, and I act natural as if I do it every day. <laughs> But, no, I was still pretty pleased. Nah, you can do it. You get used to it. It's just uh, life's changed. Dad, your shoulders a little bit. Dad no, doesn't have the same ability. Shoulders, back, knees, you know, fingers. Mm. That's awesome. All right. But life's good. That's the spirit. <laughs> See you, Mick. See you later, guys. See you, everybody. Cheers. Cheers, mate. You've been listening to Risking Failure. To join the community and access more free content, news, and updates, subscribe at riskingfailure.com.